today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Both are servants of God, seeking to serve others for Christ's sake. That's incredibly important. It's not as though husbands are given the charge to proclaim uh, the excellencies of Christ in their identity and wives are not. Or the husbands are supposed to do this, but wives have some totally different call. No, no, no. In the same way, they are to be conformed to the image of Christ. They are to be servants of God, seeking to serve others for God's sake. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. As Pastor Ricky continues his teaching series on the countercultural marriage, he'll be explaining that both the husband and the wife are called to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus in their marriage and household. The role of the man is not more important than the role of the woman and vice versa. Both genders have different yet co-equal roles that bring glory to the Lord. The Bible exhorts both men and women to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Let's join Pastor Ricky for his continuing study entitled, a countercultural marriage. First Peter chapter three, beginning in verse one. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Well, this passage is a wholly unexpected passage in our day today. Maybe you picked that up as I read it. Um, but actually, many of these words would have been unexpected in their original cultural context as well. But that is by God's design. This isn't surprising to God that this would be kind of countercultural in our era, as many of the aspects of it would have been countercultural in the original era that they heard it. Because. God often does his best gospel proclamation through unexpected sources and in unexpected places. The big idea today that I'm trying to communicate is this, that unexpected gospel conduct in marriage and in beauty leads to unexpected gospel witness. Okay, so we're aiming at unexpected gospel conduct in the areas of marriage and beauty that results in an unexpected gospel witness. Now, what we're going to look at is, is, okay, then what unexpected gospel conduct does God 
call for from wives and from women that leads to this unexpected gospel witness. Remember, all of this is under the heading of 1 Peter chapter 2, that we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then Peter goes through several different aspects of our lives that help us do that. So how does this help us do that? Well, The first section this morning is an unexpected encouragement about husbands given to wives. An unexpected encouragement about husbands. Verse one, look at this. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Now, I know you're wondering, okay, what does that mean? That does not sound good. I want to draw your attention to the first word though, likewise. Okay, if you recognize this, um, this phrase also means in the same way. This phrase is also used in verse seven of the husbands. Likewise, husbands. It's a mirror image of itself. One commentator, Ed Clowney, says this. The key expression in the same way is applied to the husband as well as the wife. Both follow Jesus, the suffering servant. Although the husband does not fulfill the same role in relation to his wife as his wife does to him, there is a fundamental identity of attitude. Listen to this. Both are servants of God, seeking to serve others for Christ's sake. That's incredibly important. It's not as though husbands are given the charge to proclaim uh, the excellencies of Christ in their identity and wives are not. Or the husbands are supposed to do this, but wives have some totally different call. No, no, no. In the same way, they are to be conformed to the image of Christ. They are to be servants of God, seeking to serve others for God's sake. Now, the way that walks out is a little bit different but the calling is the same. And I think this is incredibly important that when we talk about roles in marriage, we start where the Bible starts in Genesis chapter two, that both men and women are made in the image of God and precious in God's sight, equally valuable in God's sight. I want you to hear this. All treatment of women as airheads or sex objects or domestic servants is wrong. All exploitation of women in abuse is wrong. Laws and practices that discriminate against women, for example, not affording them equal rights or paying them less for the same job and the same experience is wrong because both are precious to God. It's not as though one is made in the image of God and the other is not. It's not as though God in his sight values one over the other. And every human practice that does this is counter to the image of God in men and women. Likewise, in the same way, husbands and wives together image God. Now that works out in different ways as we get to in the next verse. It says, be subject to your own husbands. The the wife is called to relate to her husband in a particular way. Now, to us, to me, this seems, as an American in the 21st century, it seems shockingly blunt and unqualified. It says, wives are to be subject to their husbands. Now, we're going to fill this out 
with the rest of scripture so that it's not misunderstood. And I wanna make three very important qualifications before we talk about what it does mean. I wanna talk about what it does not mean, okay? First qualification, the wife's role makes sense and must be understood in the context of God's design for marriage and in the context of the husband's role. As I preached two weeks ago, you may have remembered this if you're a guy, um, husbands are to labor to understand their wives well. They are to labor to honor them in all things, especially in areas where they seem weaker. Uh, Ephesians 5 heightens the charge, actually. It, It says husbands are charged to treat their wives the way Jesus treats the church and to lay down their lives for them the way that Jesus laid down his life for us, okay? There is no higher charge than that. There is no command that is more sweeping in marriage than that charge. Lay down your life for your wife, right? And when you understand, okay, the husbands are to be leaders in their home. They're to be spiritual leaders. They are to to lead their families well in the design of the Lord. That design is that they would exercise their leadership for the good of their wife. So that the wife, the husband's not leading off in some crazy direction and the wife's going, oh man, this is hard for me. This is hurting me. No, no, no. The husband's leadership is exercised on behalf of his wife, not on behalf of himself. You have to understand the the context of what God's design is for marriage. Second, all women are not called to submit to all men, okay? Uh, I read a great article from Russell Moore one time called, Women Stop Submitting to Men. And it was talking about how in, in sometimes there can be an attitude that infects the church where everybody's like, oh, well, if that's a guy and I'm a girl, I just need to sort of, you know, defer to them. Um, I'm telling you right now, if, if, if my wife is parking the car and unloading our two boys and one of you guys comes and says, hey, I was hoping to park there, she's going to tell you to get lost. <laughs> right? Sorry, not submitting, okay? Um, this command, though, is a command between husbands and wives. It really gets at the marriage relationship. And I'm not talking about if you have a, a female boss or, or somebody's an elected official. That's not what this is addressing. This is addressing specifically husbands and wives. And so we need to understand this in the context of marriage. And third, wives are not called to submit to everything. The, the Bible is clear that they submit first to Christ. They submit to governing authorities. They submit even to the church body as their husbands do. So here's what this means. If abuse is happening in marriage, wives are not to be subject to it, but are to call the police. I want to be very clear about that. Um, if, If you find yourself physically threatened, physically abused, Romans 13 is clear that the government exists for a particular role, and that is to bring to justice evildoers. Call the police. If there is a clear biblical command being violated in your marriage, like if the husband wants to bring pornography into the marriage, she is not to submit. She is to refuse and she is to get help from the church to confront her husband if he will not listen. 
So those are the qualifications. So this, this idea of wives being subject to husbands or husbands being uh, the, the household and spiritual leaders in their homes, this was a common idea in the, the culture of the first century. This would not have been shocking. So one of the reasons there's not kind of more uh, explanation given is that this was relatively common rather that, than our, in our culture today. But I want you to see something. What scripture calls wives to is for a radically different reason than the culture of the first century and was walked out in a radically different way than the culture of the first century. Now, there, there are many reasons scripture gives for why husbands and wives have different roles. And, and I could preach a message on how scripture argues that this best fulfills who God has made each person to be. Um, I, I could argue another message on how this kind of, of servant leadership and support from the wife to the husband leads to the flourishing of the family. But this passage has one very particular reason for this command. Peter kind of zeroes in on one particular situation, and he zeroes in on a situation that has the opportunity for gospel proclamation. Uh, continue reading verse one with me. He says, do this so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So the specific reason for this gospel conduct is called for because some women um, had come to know Christ. They had become Christians but through whatever series of circumstances, their husbands had not become Christians. So Peter is aware of this when he's writing to this group of churches. Uh, this may have been relatively common. I don't know. And, and he writes to them with some instruction. What do you do if you're a wife and your husband is not a believer? He does not come to know Christ. Maybe he refuses to come to church with you. Well, this situation, I'm going to address in particular and then kind of some implications from that. Peter is, is, is helping wives understand that this behavior, being subject to their husbands, being, being, as I'm going to fill out in a second, following them, their leadership, supporting them, helping them, proclaims the excellencies of Christ. Now, every time we act according to God's design and we do good, it, it in some way serves to draw people to Christ. But this specific conduct, Peter is saying, is uniquely powerful. This behavior, if, if wives are to act with this good conduct toward their husbands, it proclaims two things. It proclaims the image of God and it proclaims the gospel itself, okay? First, it proclaims the image of God. Uh, in Genesis chapter two, God first creates Adam and he looks down and he says, oh, this is not good. It is not good for you to be alone, now, if you're a wife and you've come home from an extended trip and you see the state of the house, you may agree with the Lord's assessment. It is not good for them to be left alone. Now, this means, listen, in and of himself, Adam needs help. In and of itself, he, he's been given a charge from the Lord to keep and watch and care for the garden, but he needs help. Help. He is not complete for this task in and of himself. And, and so God provides what Genesis 2 says is a helper fit for him. Uh, the, the sense of the, the text is, is a, a, a helper, meaning someone to bring strength to a place where there is 
weakness. So Eve is equally made in the image of God. She's to come alongside Adam and come alongside his mission from God and to support him and to bring strength to him. And they are to do this together. Adam is to lead forward, but he's not complete or able to do this well. Eve is to bring strength where he lacks it so that they can do this together. Listen, wives are not meant to be weak. Wives are meant to be incredibly strong. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, this word helper may seem to us demeaning, but it is the same word that is referred to several times in the Old Testament where God refers to himself as the helper of Israel. In other words, he looks at his people and says, there is something lacking here. And he brings strength to enable them to do what he's called them to do. That's the role of Eve in Genesis 2. She is to bring her strength alongside Adam to fill what is lacking so that they can do what God has called them to do. And when wives, rather than kind of fighting against their husbands or domineering over their husbands, when they seek to come alongside their husbands and say, where is this man lacking strength and where can I help him? They are proclaiming the image of God that God designed in Genesis 2. But further, they are also proclaiming the gospel itself. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul encourages wives to submit to their own husbands as to the Lord. And Paul says they are not to usurp their husbands or start dictating orders. They are to come alongside them. They are to support them, not as lesser beings, but as strong women who bring strength to places that only they can bring strength to. And then he says this, you're to do this because marriage is a profound mystery. He says that there is something amazing embedded into the fabric of marriage. And that is this, a picture of the gospel. Paul says that husbands are to image Jesus, to reflect Jesus, and wives are to reflect and image the church. And as they love one another, as he sacrifices for her and lays his life down for her, as she joyfully rejoices in their relationship and responds to him, the story of the gospel is told. I once heard a theologian explain it this way. He said this, the image of God is so amazing and intricate that God decided to reflect it in those made in his image, in men and women, not in mono, but in stereo. I used this illustration a couple weeks ago where, where I remember when we got a surround sound system where we had one speaker that just had the same sound. And then we, you know, my parents got that thing where you have like speakers here and there and behind you and you like turn it on for the first time. I remember this is like a new thing. And like some things were coming out of the speaker and other ones out of the speaker. And then, you know, you felt like you were in the middle of the battle or whatever, you know, and it just like the room, you could like feel it. Now, any one of those speakers could get you the sound, but not in the same way that all of them could. And so what God did is in his design, he decided men and women together would uniquely project the image of God in stereo. But there was something hidden in that. And it was the gospel itself. And so when husbands and wives love one another and respond to one another as God has designed, we proclaim the image of God, not just in mono, but in stereo. Now, 
In a situation though, where a wife comes to know the Lord and her husband does not, she cannot in the same way proclaim this image, right? But she is to broadcast her part of the image of God and her part of the story of the gospel and something will happen. It will stir something in him. It, it puts the image of God right in front of him, regardless of whether he wants to come to church. It puts the gospel right in front of him, regardless of whether he wants to hear a message. And that is what Peter is after. Now, Peter gets specific with a couple commands in, in how to apply this. First, he says, this is to be walked out in respectful conduct, and second, in pure conduct. And so, Essentially, he's saying, instead of dissing your husband, bring respect. Now listen, there's a temptation to only bring respect when their behavior is worthy of respect in your eyes. But Peter calls for it. Now again, remember this qualifications. I'm not talking about situations of abuse or things like that. I'm talking about, um, yet again, that husband did not do what you hoped he would do, whatever that is. And so you're tempted to react in a particular way. And, and Peter says, no, 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 I want you to, to be respectful. I heard a pastor say once that every man craves respect in the same way that a woman craves love. Now, I think that may be overstating it some, but, but listen, guys and girls are wired differently. And so the way that women are, are kind of supported and helped by an unconditional affection and love as is called for in Ephesians 5, men thrive when they feel they have the respect of their wives. That, that, that respect is one of the most powerful gifts that can ever be given in a marriage. So even when the, the husband is struggling, Peter is encouraging them, rather than dissing them or pointing out the million things that they're doing wrong, Peter is encouraging them to come alongside the husband and say, I believe in you. I respect you. You can do this. And then, instead of impurity, Peter is calling them to purity. Now listen, it would surely have been a temptation for a Christian woman who's married to an unbeliever to find emotional fulfillment elsewhere, right? You feel like this, this relationship just doesn't seem like it matters as much as it did when you got married. I, I could imagine women being in this place to, to look elsewhere, to begin to draw her emotions toward other men that could lead to impurity. And Peter calls her to purity. See, the world says, look, if, if this guy isn't giving you what you need emotionally or physically, then just look elsewhere. And Peter is encouraging these women, look, this, this is hard, but let me ask you a question. Could this be an opportunity to image the gospel to someone that doesn't know the Lord? Now, I want to stop and talk just for a minute, um, specifically to folks that find themselves married to an unbelieving spouse or may in the future. Paul provides some additional specific direction in 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, he says this, To the rest I say that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. Hoping God, oh my soul, he is strong and he is strong to save. Hoping God, he's a rock and you hide in place. He's a mighty fortress. The book of 1 
First Peter is one of those hard-hitting books in the Bible intended to shake us to the core. In this series, Pastor Ricky will be sharing messages entitled The Counter-Cultural Christian Community and The Time is Short and many more. Each one of these messages will bring insight into specific areas in the Christian life. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcanta of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website at www.betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, the number to call is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to walk in obedience to Him by being a part of the body of believers, please join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. Music heard here on Better News Radio is courtesy of Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from his series in the book of 1 Peter next time on Better News Radio. Open.